Welcome to Weird World. Welcome to Weird Weird World. <laughs> weird. God damn it. Weird World. Weird World. Weird World podcast. Weird Weird World. God damn it. Weird World, which I can't freaking say. So I'm gonna say that that's two words for me, please. Weird World. Weird okay. World. That show. Dad, shut your mouth. How the? How the? Rachel, the forgotten daughter. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Satan. Ooh, he was <laughs> never. Square. Oh. And I want to be a science teacher. <laughs> Uh, and we'll have to put a picture of Aaron's bangs on our. Oh, on shit. Our- yes. Look, it's Savage. There you have it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast. We're going to talk about something weird. Whoa. But first off, oh. I'm Carrie. I'm Jack. I'm Aaron. I'm Dean. But I want to announce that we now have an Instagram. <laughs> and I. I've, there's two whole posts on it. That's good. What a date that. Weird world. Oh, doesn't matter. Oh, we have two to a hundred. <laughs> Not sure how many. <laughs> Probably a lot more than two, though. Um, and it's Weird World Podcast. That's it. All right. Oh wait, we also have Patreon now. Okay. We have zero hey, patrons. Hey. As of this moment in time. Again, Maybe by the time you hear this, we have 20. Yeah, or two, or none. <laughs> or still none. Uh, wait, that's brand new. Not this time. And that's all right. All right. Ready? Oh, Dean's going to do something now. I am. <laughs> I'm going to leave the discussion in what I think, and many others agree, is the perhaps the greatest true crime murder mystery of all time. The famous... Not Jack the Ripper. Not Jack the Ripper. You keep saying okay, that. Okay, maybe yeah, a second. I know. John Bonet. I guess. Okay, John stop Bonet. it. Stop it. Stop saying more famous murder mysteries. You know, I guess. Okay, I guess this. I guess the most the most puzzling, weird, amazing. Uh, there's no. You you really can't come up with the answer for this one. I guess that. There just there are no good theories. Or you know, I mean, there are, there are theories, but nothing fits the facts. And, and the facts. I mean, that's that's the the nut. Of this case is that I mean, for, uh, what's his name? Uh, Raymond Chandler, famous mystery writer, uh, once called this an impossible murder because Wallace couldn't have done it, and neither could anyone else. It's well, been called the perfect murder by. Uh, have you said the name? You haven't said the name he's yet. Not a detective. He's oh, just know. a mystery writer. Yes, he is. But he's not like an actual detective uh, or anything. Now you just, just bad mouth Raymond Chandler. So but also, just, if it happened, somebody could no have done shit, it. Carrie, yeah. That was more a little bit tongue in cheek there, okay. but that's what he meant by me. I kind of thought that was obvious, but uh, the reason is that because uh, for every piece of evidence that says William Wallace killed his wife, you can use that same evidence that says, no, it couldn't have been William Wallace who killed his wife. I will go over that in, in, in toward the end there. We'll go over all the, the key pieces of evidence and show you how there really is. You can flip the coin and interpret it any way you want. Okay, go ahead. Um, so anyway, uh, let's the quick background. William Herbert Wallace was the cat's name. That's the kids are saying these days. What? He was uh, the cat. They had a cat? No. Uh, you're dead to me. I wish it was a cat. That'd be much better. Yeah. Did a cat kill, kill a person? Oh, yeah. are you kidding me? That'd be pretty cool. Huh? That would justify this shit being the most famous murder mystery ever. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it would, actually, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's pretend. Let's just do this whole thing pretending William Wallace was a cat. Okay. No, I, I'm not. on board. Okay. He was Oops, born in um, 
1878, he was mild-mannered, worked some office jobs, lived in India for a while, lived in Shanghai for a while because his brother was working there. But then he had to come back because he had bad kidneys. In fact, he came back um, – I mentioned he was born in 1878. He, he came back in 1907 and actually had to have a kidney removed back in England. Well, that's not fun. I know. He returned from Shanghai. and uh, So then he had to find an office job, something very undemanding there in England. So he first went to work for the Liberal Party. In 1911, as like a just like a you know election monitor or something like that, they call him a political agent. Not even 100 mm. sure sure what they that did. sounds they, a lot more exciting than it probably really I was. Yeah. I know it's probably very boring. He uh, married one Julia Dennis in 1914. Unknown to anyone, she was at the time 17 years older than oh. he was. But she told but everybody she she lied about her age and everybody assumed she was about the same age. As he was. I thought you were going to say she was 17 years old. Mm, me too. <laughs> no, 17 years older than he was. And he was, let's see, he was 20, he was 36. So she'd be 53. But she was basically How? posing as mid-30s. How? Sunscreen. She could pull it off. Yeah, but back then, she was about to die. Oh, yeah. come on. Come on, what do you mean? Maybe. Okay. Life expectancy wasn't that, what was it, 60? Probably. Yeah. She's on her deathbed. Wow. I didn't think about that. <laughs> um, so then World War One hits, and essentially in English politics, they kind of call it like a truce for the war. So all these political agents, or a lot of these political campaign and party folks were out of jobs. So he finds, in 1915, he finally founds a job with the Prudential Assurance Company in Liverpool. Home of the Beats, the Beatles. He's, he's a smart dude, though. So he also lectured in chemistry. Uh, what? A huge chess player, loved botany, and loved playing the violin. In fact, he and Julia would often play duets together. Lovely. I know. The hell? Why don't we do that? Oh my yeah, god, that's gonna happen. What do you play? Piano. Okay. What yeah. Play? Piano. What do I play? Uh, piano. Piano. <laughs> yeah, the Brimhall method. That's why when the Saints come watching in. You can play piano. I can play guitar. Okay. We'll get right on it here. I can do the triangle. (laughs) What? I can do the uh, spoons. I'll do the Casio. You have a guitar, too. I'll do the acoustic guitar. Jack can do the electric guitar. Oh, my God. We can be the... um, I ain't got the fingers. Aaron, you can play Rachel's flute. Are you kidding me? No. I have the lung capacity of a smoker. (laughs) Why do you smoker? I'm signing you all up for classes. Uh, <laughs> Skip to January 19th, 1931. Let's let this get this mystery on the road, people, shall we? Yeah, the place is 29 Wolverton Street. It's in the Merseyside area of Liverpool. Wait, so it's like 15, 16 years later? Then when, when, when they got married? married? Yes, it is. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah, she's, she's super old now. Okay. She's crazy old. <laughs> How is she alive? She's a medical anomaly. God, you guys, I think you're making too much of her age. <laughs> um, <laughs> William Wallace, again, as I mentioned, he loves his chess. He belongs to a chess club. And they meet at this cafe. In fact, on uh, that night, they're having a tournament. And so he's scheduled it to um, be in some matches in this, in this chess tournament. He, um, they, they, a call comes in for him, the, for William. Before he's arrived, right at into the into the uh, the cafe, he's not there. So the chess captain, a guy named Samuel Beatty, takes the call. It is from someone calling himself R. M. Qualtrue. 
I hope that's how you pronounce it. It's 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 uh, spelled Q U A L T R O U G H. What the fuck? I think it's called- that could have half as many letters. <laughs> yeah, it could. It really could. <laughs> I hate those words. Actually, it's it's, it's um. It sounds from the island of Max. Max. Where really? the fuck is that? It's a little island what? um in the, the uh, off of England. Where they have the, I was going to say the Isle of Man, side, I believe, on the in the Irish Sea, where the Max Cat comes the, the from. The no-tail cats. Mm-hmm. Little no-tail cat. I like those. Me too. It's actually, I guess, a common name there. So, so Qualtrough, of the person calling himself called R.M. Qualtrough. I don't know. We'll call him R.M. R.M. <laughs> I'm going to take Qualtrough and hope that's close enough. He is. He assumes Wallace is, is there, or, or at least is coming there. So he's uh, um, even though this was not a regularly scheduled event, but he says. When he finds out that Wallace is not there, he says, can I leave a message? He wants Wallace to meet him the next night about buying insurance. Wallace is an insurance. He's really an insurance collection agent, but he, you know, he, he would chase down a lead if, if he needed to. He, he actually earned a commission that way. Yes. Qualtrue called him at the chess club. At the chess club, okay. exactly. At the cafe where the chess club met all the time. Okay, they basically gotcha. had like the back of it was set up. Uh, and they frequently, they basically used it as their chess club, essentially. Did he not have an office? They do have an office. William. Wallace. Yeah. But, this okay. is- but he won't go be there. So RM said, RM I'm going to call the cafe. I'm going to okay. call that chess club. What a weird time to live in when you have to call a place where you know somebody is going to be. Yeah. That's freaky. Never you, had it. You would leave uh, messages like, I'll be at, and you'd leave the number where you might, where you think you're going to be. Like, yeah, that's weird. friend's house or something like that. That happens all the time. That happened all the time. But it is weird because now they have this crazy thing called cell phones. So well, there were also everything. such things as answering services. That's crazy. That's insane. Never heard of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. What's an answering service? Uh, don't I don't care. Do. Um, so he wants to meet Wallace about buying insurance. He says, "Meet me the next evening at 25 Men Love Gardens East." Okay, hold the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the street is named Men Love. They had a lot of streets called Men Love. I'm sure that those streets are very different now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Men Love. I'm going to go with How Men Love. You? It might be, but I'm going well, with Men Love. Well, O V E should be Love. I'm going with Men Love. Okay. No. <laughs> I guess about that. Um, he says, meet me at, Met at 25 Men Love Gardens East at 7 30 p.m. By the way, he mentions, I hate our animals. Um, he says, uh, what? They went in and out all the time. Okay, but they can't hear that. So now I you're know. just randomly speaking. <laughs> he says, uh, uh, R.M. Qualtrough says, oh, by the way, um, it's my daughter. Do- I'm getting ready. I'm doing things for my daughter's birthday. So even when uh, Wallace comes, gets there at the cafe, don't bother having him call me back. Just tell him, meet me tomorrow, 730 sharp, 25 men love gardens east. Got it? Thank you. That's hangs up. Suspicious. A little bit. We'll see. So, Wallace gets there, he gets the message, he says, I've never heard of any R.M. Qualtrough, but I'm going to pronounce it differently every time. Yeah. So Probably. Just, just get used to it. Um, no one said anything. No, everyone there says, he says the what the address is, and they all go, huh, I've never heard of that. I don't, I've never heard of that street, although it, Liverpool's a big city, I don't know why they... Yeah, they that's true. Uh, still, he figures, you know, I can use the business. I might make a commission here, so I'll go meet him. And that's not uncommon at all. And he figures he'll find the address, uh, which again was not. People did it all the time. He didn't have GPS. Yeah. Have, you just, you know, you, you figured you knew roughly where it was. There's, well, there's maps. A, there's a major street called Men Love Avenue. So you figured, okay, it's going to be off of there. I'll, I'll go to Men Love Avenue and I'll ask around. And that was not, you know, that's not weird. That's not abnormal. So fast forward to the next day. All right. He, William Wallace, 
He leaves, according to his testimony, he leaves at 6.45 in the morning. He goes, he needs to, I'm sorry, 6.45 at night. Because remember, his, oh. his appointment is at 7.30. It's several miles away, and he knows he's going to have to take multiple transfers on buses and trams, right? So his first part of that is a tram he has to catch. It's going to leave 7.06 sharp, uh, a, a little bit of distance from his house, a good 15-minute walk away. Uh, after a transfer... From I can't remember. He did one transfer onto a different tram or a different bus or whatever. He says, "Okay, now I need to figure out where I'm going." So he starts asking the like the conductor and the ticket agent on this bus, "Where is you know? Help me figure out how I need to get to Men Loves Garden East." They've never heard of that street, um, but they they help him out. They say, "Well, you need to go towards Men Love Avenue. Why don't you take this uh, transfer?" So he he does, and he and on the next one. He does the same thing, and he and, he, and the guy says, "Well, you better get off at X stop or whatever it was." And then for the rest of that, he's like constantly telling the conductor, "Don't forget, call out Men Love Avenue that you told me to get off on. Call out." And he's repeatedly reminding them, "Gosh, I don't, I don't know my, I don't know where this address is. Here's the address I'm going. Um, help me get there, and don't let me forget to get off at my uh, stop that you told me to get off on." That doesn't sound weird. That's it, just like he's. Yeah. He's unfamiliar with the area, yeah. nervous that he's going to forget, miss the stop. Stop. Very possible. Very possible. He uh, he then makes he makes the transfer, the last transfer, and he again asks that conductor, says, okay, what, uh, I need to find Menlove Gardens East. The conductor says, not surprisingly, never heard of it. Must be off Menlove Avenue. You need to get off right at our next stop. It's like 650 yards away. I think we see where this is going. He figures, He figures. yeah, you do. And you can, and you're right. He figures it must be, <laughs> well, the, the conductor, and he knows there are streets called Menlove Men Gardens North, Menlove Gardens South, uh, and so. Menlove Gardens West, and they all intersect Menlove Avenue. It's like, you know, these are like small streets off this main yeah. street that, that share a similar name. That's yep. also really common. So they go, okay, I'm sure we you'll find... We have that here in our little town. We do. Whoa. But is it real? Well, he, he they say, you know, that's where you'll find it. You know, walk down Men Love Avenue, and I'm sure you'll find this Men Love Gardens East. So he does just that. He gets off the stop ahead. He steps off the bus, and he starts tramping down Men Love Gar Avenue looking for Men Love Gardens West. He find, I'm sorry, East. Wait. He finds West. He finds North. He finds South. But he doesn't find Men Love Gardens East. Shit. He starts asking anyone that well, he can accost and stop, you know. Whoa. Hey, do you know where 25 men love <laughs> East is? That's a little too... Are you sure it's that aggressive? You well, should, shouldn't be accosting men on men love. Oh, oh, well, they might be getting the wrong idea. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he asked a woman on the street. He asked a man at a tram stop. He asked two people who live at, me, at 25 men love Gardens West. He knocks on the door and says, you know, are you R.M. Qualtrough? And they say, no, we're Biff and Mindy. And... Um, I was assuming their name is in Liverpool in 1931. Yeah, maybe Herb and <laughs> Susanna. I don't know. Susanna's good. Uh, they've never heard of it. No one he stops has ever heard of Men Love Gardens East. This is some Twilight Zone. There are no 25 Men Love Men Love Gardens North and or South. Those. So he finds West. It's not Qualtro. He find he, he finds there's no 25 in North and South to um, where Qualtro might live, and there is no Men Love Gardens East at all. So he's been sent on a wild goose chase. Has he now? Possibly so. I mean. So by this time, he uh, I mean, by one point, though, he realizes he's very close to the um, the home of his friend, 
whose name is Joseph Crew, and he was, I think, a colleague at work, but also his violin instructor. <laughs> and he'd actually been to his house before, so he realized, oh, shoot, I'll go ask him. I'm, I'm right nearby. He goes there, but unfortunately, Joseph Crew and his wife had gone out to the cinema Ooh. and were not at home. That'll come back later. All, all of this stuff's going to come back later. What? The he, cinema? Even that a little bit, yeah. Ooh. He, uh, he stops a constable. A, a cop named James Sergeant or Sergeant, who is just leaving a nearby police station, right? He stops him and he asked about again the address. The, the twenty-five men left men left gardens east. The sergeant, uh, the sergeant, the constable says never heard of it, doesn't exist, and he that that's his beat. He would know. Uh, so Wallace uh, apparently though is just in a talkative mood because he then relates the entire story from the call the night before at his club that he got the message to his whole journey along these trams and he's walking up and down the avenues and going to and talking to everybody the whole thing he lays it out for this constable uh, well and William Wallace wasn't he was a little bit of a taciturn guy he wasn't Mr. Uh, personality by any stretch he's a very quiet he was 6'2 Skinny, and, and and we'll find out. We'll talk a little later. But he's in, he's also in pretty poor health, by the way. Yes, oh. as we I mean, he, he has did, missing a kidney. Did lose a kidney. He did lose a kidney, and his other one is, isn't in great shape either. But you, oh yeah, I was gonna say you can be fine with one kidney, yeah. but if your other one ain't shit, I know, which is always the danger of giving away a kidney. That's true. Like, what if mine? Okay, yeah, I give you a kidney, but then you get another one. <laughs> that really that gives me a little margin for error. I wouldn't give any of you guys a kidney. Wow, thanks. But if Michelle Obama needed one, oh fuck yeah, hesitation. Just FYI, twenty five percent of the reason we had you was to for spare organs. Just just know that. <laughs> well, jokes on you because mine are terrible. <laughs> you know, really, he had your organs tested. My God, yeah. okay, what? Um, you know me. So he um he also checked the time. The constable, he said, he said, "Gosh, I can't find this place, and it's you know, it's nearing eight o'clock." Remember, he ain't got a watch. Was seven, and and, the, and the, the so naturally, what does the constable do? Checks his watch. Says, "Yeah, you're right. It's 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 about seven forty-five. So you know, you're missing your your thing." So you think he'd give up? No. He then goes to a post office and he starts talking to the news agents there at the post office and several other people who are just at the post office doing biz. He starts talking, and he, and he does the same thing. He says, God, this was happened to me. Can you believe this? I sent on this wild goose chase for this guy who called named R.M. Caltrill, but I can't find this address. And here's the address. You ever heard of it? No one's ever heard of it. They, uh, they check a map, I guess, and they can't find it. The two news agents actually even check their list of um, like subscribers, you know, people who are getting magazines and newspapers for what anybody named Qualtrough. Because I guess, I don't know if it's alphabetical, I guess. They must have a lot of free time. I guess. They ain't got nothing to do. But, you know, that would be hard, right? You check, they, maybe they have a big list I of guess. all their peeps. They're very yep. trusting. But they can't control F on a list. They can't just look for something. <laughs> they got to read every single name. That's a little... Maybe it's alphabetized. They're generous. Oh, that's true. So that's they probably the Q's, true. They find no Qualtrough and they tell him so. That there is no uh, nobody by that name here. So, finally, this mofo says, I give, uncle, I'm going home. It must be, I, it's, it's got to be a good 8 o'clock at least. But I, we'll go with the timeline in a minute. I would have done that like an hour ago if That's I were him. Well. Seriously, though, after yeah, I figured out yeah, that there right. was no East... I'd be like, bitch, I'm out. That was a prank for call. For someone you've never met and you don't know. You yeah. Know name before. Yeah. I wouldn't spend all but, that time. But counter, again, counter that is that mm-hmm. it's the depression. That's true. He could use the money. Any business is critical here. They were not doing great. I've seen their house on Google. Oh, my God. It's tiny. 
It, I've seen the murder house. The murder house still, still looks like the, that. It looks exactly the same. That's creepy. So there are people living Nobody at it. 29 Wolverton Street, Liverpool. If you if you there, go buy it. There are, I, whoever <laughs> lives there right now must have gawkers. Again, this is a very famous case in England. It's a hugely yeah. famous case. There's got to be tourists there all the time. Uh, you know, point and it's tiny. It's a little baby street. All the the cars are. Most of the cars they have you put your wheels up on the curb because the street's so you know narrow. It's this England, Liverpool, and that that the cars. It looks like one car can maybe skirt through the middle of this little street and these little and they're like attached row homes. Uh, you know, attached two story, yeah. like a long row of, of attached two story homes. Like um, those, like with the, with the doors like really close to each other. Too. They look like Harry Potter. Yeah, they're kind of, kind of. Well, not as nice. That one scene. Yeah, but not as nice. Trust me. Um, so anyway, uh, William gets home. He gets home about eight forty five p.m. or a little bit, a little bit before that. Right, he finds the door. The front door is locked, and he doesn't have his key. He goes around, and it's just like there's an alley. So they're all like sort of out. They all these homes have alleys behind them, right? Yeah. And they have a back door and a little tiny baby garden back there. Picture in it, and it's, and it's very, it's very small. So he goes around. And it's just about three or four of the little homes uh, at, to the end of the block, and you just go around to the alley behind. And I'm doing gestures right now to show the audience how this works exactly because this <laughs> yeah. is a, a, a video cast. We'll put a map on Instagram. We we, we could we could um, or not. We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> we'll put some pictures up. But uh, not a map, probably. Yeah. 29 Wolverton Street, Wolverton, R, R, W-O-L-V-E-R-T-O-N, Liverpool. Check it out. So, he goes around to the alley, and guess what he finds there? The back door is stuck. He can't get it in. He can't budge it. He comes back through the alley, back into the front there on Wolverton, and he goes to his front door again. He's knocking on the door. So, naturally, what happens is his neighbors come out, the Johnstons, John and... Florence. John Johnston. John Johnston. John Jeez. and Florence Johnston. Um, well, Kara, we're talking about a horrible incident. Oh, so what? About it. Okay. Um, we haven't gotten to it yet. Well, we haven't gotten to it yet. We're going to. We'll we're almost there. So John and John and Florence Johnston come outside and say, hey, um, you know, what's going on? He's uh, William is very flustered. He says, I can't get in. The door is locked here in the front. It's stuck in the back. Have you heard anything unusual? Right. Okay, bitch. That's suspicious. A little bit, maybe a little. A bit. little bit, maybe. That's really well, suspicious. But have you heard anything his unusual? The door. Yeah. Okay. Sure. She's 174 years old by this point. He doesn't know that. No, he does. He, he knows. Oh, he knows that by now. Oh, he knew. But I think he knew the whole time. You told me he didn't know no, that no, she no, was. He didn't know. No one else knew. She lied to everybody about her age, and always has, and still does. To this day. Her true age. <laughs> After she's shut been the dead. Hell up. No, actually, yes. Her true age was not verified until the 1980s when a guy investigating this looked up like census records or something like that and Oops. found her actual age. She, she lied about her age her entire life. Well, shit. Back yeah, then, I don't like that. that's pre-internet. Not anymore. Not with the internet. Yeah. Can't lie about your age. Get your ass up now, bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Carrie, Carrie Worley goes around telling people she's 29 Where are they going to look it up? Are you um, kidding me? Interwebs. They'll go see your Twitter. Ancestry.com. From when you were 12. <laughs> Maybe they'll do that. If you Google a living person, it's unless they have put their, unless they're a celebrity. <sighs> Stop rooting for us, Gary. 
just stop ruining this it. This ain't about lying about ages no. either. So yeah, let's, let's move on from the lying about ages. <laughs> let's yeah. talk about that bitch. What's so, her name? Julia? Uh, Julia Wallace, yes. Julia Wallace. He, um, he, so he says, have you heard anything usual tonight? They say, no. They say, okay, well, well we have a set of keys of yours. Let's, let's, um, we'll, I'll go get uh, our keys and we'll, we'll try those. And this was not uncommon too. You gave your neighbors your yeah. spare keys a lot back in the But why didn't William well, bring his keys in the first place? That's just amazing because you know what people do that today too. Well, it was more common then. <laughs> How do you know? Why? Because people say it was. And also, why? <laughs> why is she doing this? Why is she so mean? I don't know. I'm not. I'm just clarifying something because people at home are going, wait, I gave my maybe the neighbor maybe my key. Or... You don't know all of our listeners. You don't know them. You know nothing up there. I have She's multiple keys of different people's houses. Wow, that sounds shady. I think mom is a thief. I think you're a cat burglar. I think I'm a very trusted friend and neighbor. Maybe a little too trusted, Carrie. We don't even know our neighbors. No one knows who you are. The real Carrie Worley. Yeah, we're that family that name. is just like, no. we always have our blinds drawn. <laughs> what? Am I supposed to say her name? I don't know. Name no, bit. Are you kidding? I don't know. I think it's fine. <laughs> we're going to be famous anyway. They'll find secret. it out some way or another. I'm not going by a nickname this, in my alternate ego this whole time. What's your real name? Tell the people. Don't pressure me. <laughs> That's a weird name. Um, okay, so... They go get their keys. They come back and um, they and so and for some reason he says, "Let's go to the back and try again." Uh, William Wallace does, wow. and so they follow him around the little. Again, it's just a little short little walk. You go around three houses up, you come into the alley, and they. Um, so this time, while they're waiting, while the Johnsons are waiting behind him, William goes and tries the back door one more time. Voila! It opens now. He has unstuck it. That's good. Whoa. That's convenient too. It's a little convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and before they have a chance to use their key, he unsticks it and it's open and he goes in. He says, wait out here for a second. They wait out there for a second. He walks, in, walks inside. I don't know. Maybe he thought. Maybe she's naked waiting yeah. for him. Whoa. I get, ooh, Laying on the bear rug. cellophane. Um, Did that even exist? That was a thing from the 70s, apparently. I remember reading about that. Wrapped in cellophane? Wrapped in cellophane, yeah. Like dead bodies? No. No. Or like sexy, sexually? Uh, housewives. The That's housewife fucking weird. Waiting for your husband to come home. What the fuck? That's a waste of cellophane. Yeah. <laughs> you could cover some good sandwiches with that. Yeah. Like a nice roast, even. How mm-hmm. dare you? Sure. Sure. Damn it, Julia. Think of oh, the roast. I don't, I'm not saying Julia was like that. In fact, I know for a fact she wasn't like oh, that's that. that's true. Because she's in a bad way. So, he goes in. He turns on a lamp. And he's inside for just a minute or two. He comes out and he says, oh, come and see. She's been killed. So they went, and now, hey, he just that, saw his wife dead on the oh, floor. Oh, come and see. Oh, yeah, but that see. is some 30 at, 30s-ass yeah, British 31, man. talk. Sure is. Oh, come and see. Nope. Wow. <laughs> was way out. <laughs> just had to abort that uh, real I was going to say they're in Liverpool, so it'd be North England, but he's not actually Oh, let's from not do the dialect coaching now. Paul. You've got to tell Pete he's not in the band anymore. Okay? That's my North England and his spot motherfucking on. I'm sorry, North England. That's it. I apologize on his behalf. It's really good. But he wasn't from Liverpool, so. Say it right. He was from Shanghai. He had a Chinese accent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, no. I wasn't, but you might. You better not. (laughs) So, what do they come in and find? They find Julia Wallace lying on the floor, the front room. She's near the fireplace. the front room. The front room is just past the kitchen. So, so you come into the back door and there's the kitchen. You go through a little opening and there's the front room and to the, to the kind of the front and left. The, um, to the right would be your stairs up to the, it's very small. It's very narrow. So it's basically just a kitchen and, and a room downstairs and then the stairs to the rooms above you. And that's pretty much it. 
Um, and, and the bathroom is, I don't know if the bathroom is on the ground, it's probably the ground floor. But anyway, she's lying down there. She's dead. She's in her, her, she's been beaten to a pulp. I don't like head. Her, in fact, her brain is visible through her uh, left side of her head. Oh, no. Above her ear. Jesus Um, Christ. Blood everywhere as high as, splattered as high as seven feet on the the, uh, wall. Her blood pressure must have been. Off the rocket. I mean, Is that a phrase? Out of her head. Off the rocket. <laughs> <laughs> it's off the rocket. Off the rocket. Pussy on the chain. Wait, what's that thing? What? What? Can't peel. Remember? What? No, I don't know. Put what the, the pussy p- on the chain wax. Like the guy made up a phrase and goes, "What? That's not a thing." And he goes, "Yeah, that's a thing." No, great skit. Oh man. No. Suck. You guys suck. Well, you just made one up off the rocket. Yeah, <laughs> off the rocket. I might like pussy on the chain wax. Pussy on the chain wax. Hey, uh, um, listeners, you start using off the rocket. Oh, Twitter, yeah, hashtag it. Instagram, let's make, let's make it a thing. I'm writing it down. Okay, off no. the rocket. Hashtag oh off the God. rocket. It's trending. You guys, I have been finding little weird lists of things that my parents have deemed <laughs> funny from this podcast, <laughs> and they've decided to write down. What, what the fuck, y'all? What's what? the thing that I said the other night? I said something really dumb. Oh. Pretty big time. Pretty big time. <laughs> Pretty big time. I mean, we can't remember the context. And I well, was drinking, in fairness to me, I was drinking. And um, I said something about something being pretty big time. That's not a great big. story. <laughs> I saw it. That's not much of a story. But. Well, just because it was in Carrie's calendar. Yeah. Yeah, she did it, write it, it down. It just says, like, September 6th, pretty, pretty big time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my reminder. Okay. Out of context. You said you wanted to be reminded but, of the funny, uh, well, stupid thing you said. And why, why, why I said it. So anyway, so uh, William Wallace at this point, he says, quote, they finished her. Look at her brains. He says that the Johnston. So that's a weird way it's, to it's kind of weird. It. It they finished her. Who started it? He notices. Him. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've killed yeah, her. He knows she's, yeah. she's clearly dead. I guess. Um, He's not Mortal Kombat, though. Nobody really says that. No. Finish her. He finished her. So he um, notices, Wallace noticed that the, um, in the kitchen is a cupboard that is usually locked because he has his cash box in there where he keeps, because he's a collection agent. So his normal night, his normal day is is going to houses all over Liverpool, collecting insurance premiums. That's how they did it. He didn't mail it in. He went out and, and got it from them. That was his main job. So he's, he had cash in that cash, cash box many nights. He looks in there. The cash box is indeed empty. He said it only had four pounds in it, though, because he had taken all, most of his receipts into the office. Receipts. Well, that um, was good. Yeah, it was lucky. But he still he says that's he says that's gone. We'll, we'll hear about that in a second. John Johnston says I am going to call the police and also get a doctor. The last part being pretty <laughs> unnecessary because yeah, the brains are out. You might want maybe a coroner, yeah, actually, like but a medical was, examiner. Know, maybe well, he's trying to be helpful. Lots or, of times they did just call a doctor. Yeah. Oh, that's true. He calls yeah. the popo. Popo get there in 25 minutes. So let's talk about the investigation. All right. About 25 minutes later, the popo arrives. So it's probably something like 9.15, 9.20-ish, something like that. Because right, they, they're knocking on the door at 8.45 and they come out, give them a couple minutes to get inside the unstuck back door, give him a couple minutes, a few minutes to grieve. Um, yeah, to, to look and, and, and see his dead wife and see the, the empty cash box. Say those weird sentences. Yeah, yeah, true. Oh. Here's the problem. At this time, the Liverpool Popo police were in bad shape still. In 1990, this is 1931. In 1919, there had been a huge strike, a police strike. Uh oh. And half the force had been dismissed. 
they've been let go. So what happened is that you had these people getting those jobs that they really were not experienced for or qualified for. You had some, you just had some pretty crappy detectives. They, you know, you got promotion because the yeah. the people ahead of you had Ain't nobody else. So you, um, at least that's what I've read is that the, the police at this time were not because uh, the investigation was not well done. So no. were they ever? Wow. wow. You know what? Before a certain time, no. Yeah. As it turns or, out, or, not really. Or if we're going to talk about it on a podcast, chances are it wasn't well done. That's yeah, true. That's, true. that's true. That's true. That's true. It's not. That's a selection bias. Unless so, it's just real great. Although this is not that podcast. This is not that. That's no. true. No, for sure. This is not that. In fact, in the court case, you'll see it's, it's just a, it's fairly ridiculous. Um, they find the bedroom. Upstairs, it had been, it had maybe maybe it looks like it kind of kind of rifled a little bit. Maybe stuff was looked around, and of course, allegedly, at least according to to uh, William Wallace, there was four pounds in that cash box. That's now gone. But oh. That's it. Nothing else is stolen, uh, including Julia had a purse sitting right there in the kitchen table with cash in it. Mm-mm. Was not taken. Hmm. So that's that's a little weird, and that, that intrigues them a little bit, right? The, the, the police they find that there is a Macintosh, a raincoat, oh, stuck under her head, with all some brains over it. Oh uh, no! I'd rather it be an apple. <laughs> Not that kind of Macintosh. Uh, like her kind of upper part of her dress and her hair, the Macintosh has been singed somewhat by the fire. Her, her um, what fire? In, in, in the fire in the fireplace. Oh. she had a fire going on in the fireplace. And she had either fallen against it or fallen near it or something. I, there's pictures of her body. I don't want on the interwebs. Don't show me. I don't know if we're going to post them or not. Yeah, let's like, not. No, we don't need to post. Well, there them. are pictures. People of her can body. find them if they. They're want in black to. and white. You can't. It's not. I mean, it's not like you can literally see brain come out of her head. But you know, I'm she's, good. She's lying on. She's lying. I think I mentioned she's lying face down. Ugh. They wonder. For some reason, the police wonder: Was the Macintosh? Was she was she wearing the Macintosh when she was attacked? Or did the murderer have it on and put it on um, somehow? Which is, just seems it seems weird. But the Macintosh is going to come back. It's going to play a role. We'll, we'll find out in a second. Well, did they ask William about it? Who was, was it? Hers? Yeah, it was did his. Oh, it was his, and it his. was always. But but they think some later on they're going to theorize that maybe she put it on because she's cold or something like that. Maybe and it was always it was always left hanging on a hook right by the door, like on the way out. So if it's a rainy night, he'd just grab it on the way out the front door. It wasn't a rainy night, so he, he left it at home this night. Yeah, that's not what you put on, though, if you're I know. cold sitting I around. I was going to say, a comfy sweater. I'm sure she has a sweater uh, or a they shawl eventually, or They eventually hit parka. on another use for it that's much more diabolical. We'll okay. get to that in just a moment. Suffocation. Meth-making. No breathing. <laughs> Don't give up. Uh, another thing, when they look around, they realize that there's no murder weapon. Oh. They can't find anything. Later on, the, ha- the next yes. day, they asked the housekeeper. They had a, they had a person who came in and cleaned, um, which is amazing now because they're, they're, they're again they, 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 and they weren't that well off. But back in the in the day, everybody even that's, lower, lower, lower middle class people had have have a housekeeper. That's weird. Buyers is super common for their fifty square feet. Yeah, for their t- well, exaggeration. Yeah, um, the housekeeper would say that two things were missing that she saw: an iron bar that was usually kept in—I think they said the kitchen somewhere—and also a fire poker, oh. a metal fire poker that was usually by the fireplace. Both those items were gone. Why don't they just have an iron bar in their kitchen? I don't know. I, I, I think it said the kitchen, but I'm not positive. But it's some, there was some iron bar down there that, that she said huh. was not there huh. to fend off attackers. Maybe didn't work. No. <laughs> Oops. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was something mundane. I just don't know what. Yeah, probably. I hope so. Decoration. 
Oh, yeah. That's some beautiful interior design right there. Industrial, rustic. Yeah, it's minimalist. Then. It's Norwegian. Oh, God. Um, Spartan. So, at first they think, hey, maybe this is the work of the, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess it up, it's the Ann, where is it? Uh, the Ann Coulter. To, there was some kind of a, of a, a burglar active in the air at the time who had been doing some housebreaking and robbing some folks. So they think, okay, maybe that was that person and they surprised her and they were forced to kill her. But then um, they wouldn't actually rob everything in the house. Yeah. Oh, well, if maybe they're scared away. Free, they yeah. After brutally murdering. <laughs> By the way, she was hit 11 times yeah. with a blunt object. And again, she blood yeah. everywhere and brain out. So yeah, you'd think oh, if it's a burglar attack. or something and she's surprised, they're going to hit her once or twice. No. Just incapacitate Just to get her out of the way and Although, then go about their business. It does escalate sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. You never know. Don't want to leave a witness. Uh, they also find no evidence that the murderer had washed up. Now, they would have been covered in blood, without a doubt. There is no sign of blood in the bathroom, in any, in the kitchen, in any sinks, in any, in the toilet, anywhere. There's no blood at all. In fact, they check the toilet trap, or the sink trap, right? Or, or maybe in multiple sinks, they check the trap, which usually, the, the, if it's something blood, it would, some of it would coagulate. And they actually take apart the plumbing to check that. There was no blood whatsoever hmm. in that house anywhere. There is one tiny drop of blood on the toilet rim. That is it. That could be a period. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know why that's funny because it's just a fucking fact. She was in her 60s. Yeah. Oh, you know what? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> You're right. She was a baron. She had had a mustache for decades at this point. A mustache. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Well, some people don't. I already have a mustache. (laughs) Yeah. And? We know. Everybody um, has a mustache. Yeah, bitch. Just because you can't grow one. You gotta get mad at that. <laughs> I had a goatee for years. Really, Eric? I'm, I'm gonna grow a goatee again. Just you know the cheese on the bottom? Yeah. Man. No, it's the whole not thing. A yeah, shut the uh, Van Dyke. Don't you know, brag about that. No, I'm yeah, let's know. Yeah, please. No, it was very 90s. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so you know, did the murderer leave the house drenched in blood? Probably mm, not. You, you would think not, but if so, where is all the blood? Maybe they put on her sweater. Blood. What? That wasn't there. That sounds kinky. Why? So the police. Norman Bates moment. (laughs) Oh no! I'm doing it. They call a newspaper photographer to come take some pictures. This is pre, I guess you know, police photography. Crime scene photography. They kill two birds with one stone. They just publish in the newspaper. (laughs) Because that's what they do with crime scene photos. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. They -hmm. also call in a man named John Edward Whitley McFall. Too many names. He's a lecturer for the forensic for on forensic medicine at Liverpool University. They call him in to basically consult as as their forensic expert. Uh, I guess I guess he lived locally. He lived not too far away. Uh, McFall, though, unfortunately, immediately cots it up. It's a British term there. I'm throwing out some British terms. You know, no. cock up means like a total screw. So anyway, McFall. Like that goatee? Shut up. Ooh. <laughs> oh my God. I wasn't God. even alive. You're a monster. You yeah, might, you, you were. Been, yeah. You just didn't was... have episodic memory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was alive. I also don't remember it. Thank God. Yeah, no, but there are still permits. surviving pictures, Aaron sadly. Didn't, Aaron didn't have object permanence until she was seven. Yeah. <laughs> still um, might not. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's up for debate. It's still I haven't got short-term memory yet. You haven't got short term memory? One day. 
All right. Wait, you're out. You're things that. What did you say? That's, that would have been your line just now, but you blew it. God damn it, Aaron! I wasn't on, paying Aaron. attention. Okay, well you should. She has no short-term memory. Yeah, that's exactly. Fine. How dare you? Oh my you, god! You still say you still say to what now? What are we talking about? So McFall, John Whitley, Thomas Edward Edward Johnson Edward McFall, whatever his name was, he solely uses rigor mortis to estimate the time of death. That's it. That, that is already even by 1931. That was seen as totally fallible. And it was, you know, you usually, you did other techniques. Yeah. Because, um, you know, rigor timing can be, it can be impacted by things like the so heat many. and stuff like that. It, and even then, it still has a range of when it would set in. So it's not very precise. And he says, but his initial analysis is that she died around 8 p.m. That is about 45 minutes before William Wallace got home. And certainly when he was still up there around Men Love Avenue talking to the folks in the post office. Hmm. McFall. Otherwise, he takes no notes. He does no other test. He doesn't like like um, he doesn't take her temperature. He doesn't wait for lividity to set in because that could help you figure out when rigor mortis when you when you go lividity after rigor mortis. He yeah. didn't analyze stomach contents. He did nothing. What the fuck? It was just a see. I, okay, I, what a cock up. It was a cock yeah, up. this is why up. every investigation sucks because the people who were supposed to be teaching the forensic scientists yeah. weren't good at it. Are you talking about just on site real quick or the ever, entire... Ever. He never did uh, like, any of those uh, tests. Was there an autopsy at all? Uh, I'm sure there was, but he didn't do any of those. Th- I, I guess they didn't uh, analyze stomach contents in huh. his autopsy. That's stupid. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't very, very well done. It's so then, long. not too long after this, uh, one uh, detective superintendent, Hubert Rory Moore, arrives. Right? Right. He's going to take charge. He's the detective in charge. Detective superintendent, he's high up, right? He's shit-faced drunk. Ah. He's been in a pub drinking all night long. <laughs> so well, Detective Moore comes it's in. Nighttime. And his first thought is also, it's called, it was called the Anfield Housebreaker, was the guy who was oh. active in the area. And he says, oh, was this the housebreaker? He thinks it's that. But very quickly, he zeroes in on William as the culprit. Mm. Just, just well, it's the husband. Naturally, yeah. Even by 1931, it's the husband was, was, you know, was automatic. And not without good reason. Yeah. Uh, so Wallace then explains and re-explains his whole adventure. Again, he goes back to the Qualtro thing, goes back to his whole adventures on the buses and, and, and walking around and talking to people, trying to find that address. He, he, he loves to tell people the story, apparently, because he tells it a lot. So they finally take, about midnight, they hear the story, they finally say, okay, we're going to take in for a more formal question in the, in the station. And at the end of that, he just says, I have no suspicion of anyone. He, he was unable to offer anyone who would want to kill her, his wife. So um, they start to get suspicious, though, even more so, when the next day they, they eventually trace the call, right? Oh. The, the Qualtro call yeah. that went to the cafe. They traced where it was. It Inside was the house? Close. Oh. 400 yards away in a call box, just oh. a little ways away from a, a public uh, phone booth. Okay. Yeah, that was William. God damn it. So um, he... So, so, so the police are very suspicious of this because they figure, okay, I, I guess the timing works. So he could have made that call... And then got to the cafe where the chess club was meeting. And they, and they say they figure that he used like a gruff voice to fool. Oh. Because remember, the chess club captain, who knew him very well and knew his voice, took that call and talked to Qualtro. And they, they didn't talk for like a, a minute. They talked for a, little, a, a few minutes. And he swore, uh, Beatty, I think his name was, swore that was not Wayne Wallace who made that call to me and was posting well, his Qualtro. Yeah, but how often does somebody sound exactly the same? on the phone as they do in real life the police never the police said he disguised his voice yeah he used a quote unquote gruff voice to disguise it that's and that made him fool yeah all. yeah oh you're doing I mean look, we can't right there you hear my voice <laughs> what a pirate you know, how about this voice is, is he a buccaneer can you tell this is the same person 
person? This is Big Big Burger. I've asked ye how you mateys. What is here? Where is my goddamn parrot? I don't know. I mean, how would you? Okay, go disguise your voice. Go. Oh, oh no. It's <laughs> not easy. Anyway, That's disguise true. your voice. Oh, hello. <laughs> gruff. Use a gruff voice. Yeah. No, use a gruff. Uh, I'm on my fan boat now. <laughs> oh no! Everyone would know it's you immediately. Yeah, one alligator belt is one night and a little bit. <laughs> okay. That hurt my throat. It's you. Yeah, I did. I'm here with It's a great, great uh, sculpin. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're not going to sponsor us. Oh, they're going to sponsor us eventually. Uh, Can Dr. Pepper sponsor us? Yeah, if, it's, <laughs> if it ain't DP, I'm not. You guys can have Dr. Pepper. I get malice points. And whoever makes gushers sponsor us? Maybe. Probably the same person. Might be. Um, the uh, uh, they also okay. So they, that's another point in in the direction of William Wallace. In their mind, they also yeah. look into the relationship between the Wallaces and find them to have a. They say a strained relationship. At the very least, they were just kind of distant and cold. She was just, uh, you know, she was a very sedate, uh, dumpy old lady. She was a hundred. She was. Yeah, she could have been his mother. So dumpy old lady. That's what they said. She was That's kind of rude. a she's kind of a chunky five foot three and, and just very old fashioned that kind of thing. Well, she was he old. though was this sickly fifty two year old who was um, super nerdy Mister Chess player and they you know so they, they weren't the most dynamic couple. It's a marriage of convenience. It was. It was. Well, anyway, the, the police decided it was sort of this loveless marriage, and that in their mind gave them somewhat of a motive for uh, William Wallace to bash her head in. Whoa! Times. You know, so, maybe. They, I mean, maybe. they thought that he maybe he snapped, or he, but that's impossible because it was clearly meticulously planned. At which would, and his happened. whole chess plane would come later. The, the press would, you know, he was this chess plane mastermind of murder kind of nonsense. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Um, so also, and also the eleven blows of the head. They said, "What is that? It's a crime of passion." Yep, it's the husband. So they they zeroed in on him very quickly. They then find out. They start questioning the people on the route, right? The bus people and the people they talk to, and they find it very suspicious that he was making such a fuss about here's the address I'm going to. Make yeah. sure you tell. He was just being noticed in their mind, and then talking to everybody as he's wandering around that part of Liverpool looking for this non-existent address. They find that very suspicious, and they think essentially they think that he's setting up an alibi. Makes sense. Uh, then the last thing was the locked doors. Uh, you know. Why didn't he have a key? How did that locked door get stuck? How did it suddenly open yeah. once? And then, and then uh, his, you know, pounding on the door until the Johnsons come out. What was that? Same thing. He was setting up an alibi. And now he had someone there before That's he had true. stepped a foot back into his house. He hadn't. He, so, you know, in other words, if he just came out of the house and said, oh, my God, my wife's dead. That, you know, because you, you just killed her. Maybe they could say. I mean, the time of death would, would maybe put a damper in that. But still, it's possible. Blood on but you. God, yes. at time of but death. Still, you, you, they don't know exactly when he got home. So that would make it more suspicious. If, if, if you are not seen to go into their home until you have witnesses there. Who see that you didn't kill her? That's a, that's a, a that is sort of the icing yeah. on the cake of his alibi. Yeah, but if he didn't true. do it, it's also completely reasonable. Yeah, he, has, he expects his door to be unlocked or his wife to be home, so he's knocking on the door. That's true. That's true. There are a lot of people who think the alibi was too good. That he he got off the tram at seven oh six. He was repeatedly asking the questions. Um, you know that he he he. Um, Tell everybody how I don't know the area. I've never been in this 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 area. Well, it turns out that as we know, his violin coach lived yeah, right there. Be a fucking he liar. Had clients in the area. He had been to Menlove Avenue many many times. Uh, I'm he, sure he, he had. knew the area more than he appeared 
to let on. So people are suspicious of that part of it. Um, that he asked all those people, you know, yeah. where to find out. People think that is also, again, alibi building, essentially. That he talked to the policeman and confirmed the time and, and brought attention to the time. That's kind of classic, you know, mystery novel alibi uh, uh, confirming as well. Yeah. The same with the news agent. He made sure he, he brought attention to what time it was. By then, it was about 8 o'clock. He brought attention to that. Um, so all those things to a lot of people make his alibi kind of suspicious. Oh, and then the locked doors, same thing. He makes the racket. Like you said, He makes the, it, it could be very suspicious or it could be just a normal thing of someone who's worried that their wife's not answering the door. He needs to get in. So, mm. But the fact that he did not step foot in until he had people yeah. witness him step foot in to some is suspicious. When he probably could have gotten in on his own, oh, yeah. fucking apparently. Well, he did. Well, he's, he sort of stuck. And that would become a bone mm-hmm. of contention is that okay, his lawyers would argue that, no, that kind of door, that, that, that door got stuck a lot. It was legit. And the, the prosecution, of course, said he was pretending it was stuck. Did yeah. anyone did. else see it be stuck or was it just no. him? Just, well, no, just him. Just yeah. him because he only tried it once. Maybe he tried the front door, then yeah. the back door, then the front door. When he's at the front door the second time, the neighbors come out and they go together around to the back door. He tries the uh, back door again. It's now unstuck and he goes in and finds Julian. Yeah. See, that's a little too convenient. It, it's convenient, but it also could be completely normal yeah. and innocent. I guess, mm. but how likely? Mm-hmm. So let's go to the timeline because that's critical. That's true. Um, okay, so Wallace Wallace leaves Wallace. 6.45 p.m., right? Yep. 7.30 appointment. He knows he's got to take several bus transfers and yeah. stuff like that. It's not an easy journey there, right? He would have had to have left no later than about 6.50 to make that first tram at 7.06. I don't know exactly what the distance was, but at the time, the police acknowledged that, you know, yes, you're, we acknowledge he couldn't have left much later than 6.50 to walk to it. So it must have been something like a mile or close to a mile away, right? 50, I, I think of 50 minutes as a, as a quick mile walking at a, at a good pace. So it's probably less than a mile away. Okay. Yeah, do you buy that? Yeah. Sure. Okay. No hmm. clue how to estimate how long it takes to walk a mile. Um, I used to walk five miles in snow to go to school, so I know. Oh, up, up and down the hill. hill. Yeah. Down in, Long Beach. in Long Beach, California. We got it. Um, that's a, that's a fly. I did walk a long way. Though. Narrowly avoiding the gunfire <laughs> and fucking drone strikes. Fucking <laughs> um, it was a hellscape. Okay? That's what y'all make it sound like. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Anyway, the police acknowledged this. So, okay, so he, he says he leaves at 6.45. He would have to have left no late at 6.50. And he did indeed make that 7.06 tram. Uh, here's the problem with that. Lots of witnesses saw Julia Wallace very much alive between 6.30 and 6.45. Oh. Right to what when the he, fuck? just before he would have had to have left. I mean, just before. When did they see her? That, that's everything. They see her outside. Um, oh. As late as a couple of neighbors saw her. And then um, the key one is, was a uh, male uh, milk. Sorry, milk. Aaron, how do you say that word? Milk. Good. Bitch, it's uh, not Dutch. Milk. A, a milk delivery boy named Alan Close. He was 16. He went up to her door to deliver milk at 645. And he even talked to her briefly because they both had bad colds. And they commiserated oh, about I their see. bad colds. So he remembered it very distinctly. And he, and he said that was at about 645. Ah. Even more so, the local paper boy is doing his rounds because they, 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 I think they got the newspaper, I don't know, six times a day back then in England. Probably. Like oh, Maybe they got a post-it note. I swear to God. Oh, have you got the 345 post? No, I'll just wait for the 415 post. We'll get it then. Um, Here's my go ahead. feeling well, about this. Go on. You sound angry. She's got How feelings. do they remember the time? 
Are you kidding when, me? I'm literally just getting to that. When they're just <gasps> going about their regular business. They look business. at the grandfather, the nearest grandfather. They look at that sundial not far off. on the wall. And when, and also my next question is, mm-hmm. when did they talk to them to get this information from the, them? Soon thereafter. Days. And, and both these witnesses have schedules and have routes and keep to those routes pretty routinely. Yeah, so the milk sense. delivery boy says eyes there right about 645. The paper boy... Who was going down Wolverton at the same time on his route, which he had did every day? He happened to look up at the Holy Trinity Church right nearby, and he saw the time. Oh. And it was six thirty-five. Just a couple few minutes later, he saw the milk boy at the uh, door talking to Julia Wallace. So, within about five minutes of what the milk boy said, the paperboy confirmed it independently, not talking to each other. As far mm-hmm. as we know. Okay. Yeah. They could be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, you know, if it was like the next day that they said, oh, yeah, I saw her last night, then yeah. Yes. If it, but, but if it's a few days to a week removed. It wasn't. Then, I'm sure it was the next day or, or very soon thereafter. And hopefully. again, the paperboy literally said, I looked at the clock. It was 65 because he's on his route. He's got to yeah. get to places. But the and, clock doesn't and say just, Tuesday. No. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. What? I, yeah. Just, just humor. Um, it's not a calendar; hey, it's a clock. Uh, yeah, I put very little stock in eyewitness testimony. That's yes, true. In this Especially case, you have two people confirming. I know. Yeah, independent. Yeah. yeah. But let's put it this way: the police never tried to. to um, they tried to fudge with that, but they didn't deny the the basic timing of that. You'll see in a minute. They tried to fudge with that time a little bit, but just a little bit. But what, so what this does is it leaves just an impossibly short amount of time for William Wallace to um, do what he supposedly did, according to the police. Moreover. Why does he wait? He's got to get to that tram at 7.06. Why is he waiting until 6.40 or 6.45 yeah. to kill her? That, that's, that's crazy. He's, is he waiting for the, the milk boy to get there? That's nuts. He would have killed her. Why Why not have killed her already 20 minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, so he has time to clean up and get going uh, up to the tram? Why would he wait till the last possible second and leave himself no time to clean up, get rid of change, clean up in a place we don't know because we found no blood, and also dispose of the murder weapon in a place we don't know because we never found they never found the murder weapon? Because he didn't do it. Um, but sure, he knows who did. By timing, it sure seems like he did not. He couldn't. Essentially, he could not have done it by time. By his time alibi is perfect. So, so it, that's that's the the part the police are really stumped by. So, what they do is they try to create more time for him to do it. They essentially try to they, they take the milk boy back and have him recreate his route, and he can get there to her house as early as six thirty one. Not six forty or forty-five, right? Yeah. A lot, but again, he says it, it, they completely ignore the paperboy and what he said. They just ignore it. They don't even bring it up in court, apparently, in in, in the trial. They so they ignore that. They ignore the paperboy's testimony that it had to be after six thirty-seven, uh, and they also have a a policeman reenact essentially go through the motions. Okay, it's starting now, six thirty-one. Boom, murder her, <laughs> clean up, do everything you have to do. And run your ass to 706 of that tram a mile away. This young, fit policeman is just able to do that in the nick of time. And that's on their schedule. That's on their somewhat expanded timeline. Hmm. Herbert William Wallace was a 52-year-old, one kidney down, sickly, (laughs) uh, uh, Chess playing nerd. What bitch? Chess playing nerds can be athletic. Okay, yeah. we're well, not that kind of not, not an athletic chess. Not really. Yeah. He was 
the opposite. He was very not physically fit and very sickly. Just there's just no way. There's there's literally no chance William Wallace could have done that in the time allotted. Himself. True. In the minds of the police, though, that gives him 20 minutes. So they still say, yeah, in 20 minutes, you killed your wife, cleaned up, disposed of the weapon, and rushed to the tram. That was about 15 minutes walk away. So mm. that's their story. That's what they bring to court. So they're saying he did all of the killing and... Cleaning up. Cleaning up in nope. five minutes. In, in, essentially five minutes, yep. Bitch! Five I, minutes to yeah. kill, and clean... No, 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 no. Yes. He, Basically, he has to run well, there. They give him a, it's, well. Wait, no, you're right. You're right. About about twenty ish, almost yeah. twenty minutes. Oh, to do the killing yeah, to do it. and the to cleaning, do it. to do the killing, yes. cleaning, disposing. Oh, wait. Almost because they, they say six thirty one is when he and, started, and, and even that's because remember the, the milk the milk boy could get there no earlier than six thirty one, right? But he talked to her for a couple minutes, so they're fudging even that. Would have been more like six thirty three. So that's and, and he has to leave no later than six fifty. He's just left at 645. So it's really more like 15 minutes. It's more like closer to 15 minutes. Yeah. And that's with them stretching it. If you trust mm. the paper boy slash, slash milk boy, it's probably then more it's like 640. Minutes, yeah. So it's more at, at, at 640 to 645, meaning it's five or 10 minutes to kill, clean, dispose of the weapon, change, and, and get down to the tram. Yeah. But I clean in so. another place. Yeah, exactly. So. And, and dispose of the weapon where? Yeah. They never found it. They scoured it. He just tucked it. Well, and somebody took it away. He could have been wearing, you know, ripped off the clothes that he was wearing, put it <gasps> in the fireplace. That's true. We'll, we'll talk Whoa, about that. Whoa, the fireplace. They're burned. I didn't think about that. By the oh, time anybody gets home. You, you think uh, clothes are going to burn? To a, yeah, I think like clothes are going to burn. Wool, wool, woolen English. Maybe he didn't wear his woolen okay. stuff. We'll get to the kill but if they were soaked in blood. Maybe he wore his jammies. I was about what? to say, maybe he just came down fucking balls to the wall naked. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what they said. But we'll get that in a second in the trial. So, back to balls the timeline. To the Wait, can I say something about sure. that? No. Balls I would vote for yeah. jammies over naked because naked you got to wash. Jammies, oh, yeah. you just peel them off and put them in the peel fireplace. Peel them burn. Peel yeah. them off. really about that you burn. You wear a paper yes. bag. Ooh, I like it. I like it. You wear a so, paper bag, yeah. back to the timeline. Wallace gets to the tram at 7.06 because he makes the tram. <laughs> He searches high and low, stopping pedestrians, blah, 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 whereas men love Gardens East, doesn't exist, get out of my face, I don't like you, is what I'm assuming they said. He talks to the cop, confirms the time at, at, six, at 7.45, he confirmed the time with the cop, so we know he was still there then. He does the same with the news agents and the other folks in the post office. So it, it's not until about 8 p.m. that he could have started his journey back home. Mm-hmm. Finally, though, at that time, he finally gives up. He retraces his tram and his bus rides back. He says he did not speak to anybody until 8.45 when his neighbors came out. We'll find out later that a young neighbor named Lillian Hall, she said that she saw him speaking to a man near Wallace home at about 8.35 and that she recognized him because he was this tall, skinny guy and that and she kind of recognized his, I guess, I don't know, silhouette. And she knew him because she was very good friends with his neighbor's uh, child's son. So she had been over in, in, by the house in the area and seen him many times. So she said she recognized him. Now there, if you want to talk about, um, I don't know when they took that testimony. So then that person has to remember, yeah, no, it was Tuesday a week right. ago, days ago, weeks ago, whatever. Yeah. I don't know when. Let's say days ago. Yeah, no, I'm for sure it was that day at well, 8.35. I don't know. I don't know. The day, the day for her might be more reliable because she knows the day she went is it because she was visiting the neighbor's son? No, it or was anything? not. It was she not in just... Wolverton. It was. It was a couple streets away. Oh, like on his way home, like on his oh, way I from see. the tram stop to home. I can't remember the name of the street, but it wasn't. It wasn't okay. his street. 
She just randomly saw him. Just saw him. By yeah. chance. And, and she saw him talking to someone, a stranger, she didn't recognize. But, but what I'm saying is if this is not her normal route or if this is not where she normally lives, or frequency, then she knows, oh, it's Tuesday because that's the day I went that way to the butcher or that's yeah, the day yeah. I went that way to visit Maybe. Susie. Or, you know what I mean? Maybe. It's possible. Versus somebody like the paper boy and the milk guy who do the same thing every yeah, day. How can yeah. they differentiate Tuesday from Wednesday? I don't know. I would, what I, I, would, mean. I would say this. Uh, the paper boy, and I, again, I think it was no more than a day or two later. Because they started talking to people yeah. the next day immediately. Okay, so Wallace arrives home at 845, maybe a couple minutes before. Because then, you know, you know the rest. He, the, the neighbors came over. The Johnstons. John, Johnston, and Florence. Um, Could he possibly have gotten home sooner? A, a, a Killed couple. her. And then um, come back out and stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. He didn't leave there until 8. But yeah, he I don't could. think so. I don't think so. Because remember, he was leaving at 6. He was leaving at 6.45 to walk to the tram at 7.06 to get to that appointment by 7.30. So it had to be a good So it still would have given him just away. very little time. Very little. So if he's, if, that, if he's getting back to that original tram stop, at, and it couldn't have been. It was probably like 8.20, 8.25. And now he's got to walk 15 minutes home so his yeah. timeline yeah. makes sense so it's the same thing yeah so him him but being her knocking on the door at 845 that probably that makes yeah. sense if he's going coming straight home from the tram yeah uh, okay so he gets but. on 845 um, remember now Julia's time of death at this point was 8 p.m. right McFall though later under police pressure I don't know he was asked true. to reassess his time of death he reassesses it to about six o'clock or six thirty so the six thirty would be very helpful but he says it could have been as early as six o'clock that's not helpful to either person either uh-uh. one, because we, we know for sure she was seen well after six o'clock alive unless the milkman did it oh uh, paper boy wow, the milkman 16, and the paper boy the this is the full house theme song gone wrong oh that's wrong. That's evil. Y'all get it. The milkman, the paper boy, and oh, words I don't know. The I don't, evening I don't, like, TV. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> we don't have the rights. <laughs> really? You're terrible. Because she sounds so strong. I know, that's true. <laughs> Wait, start playing Shazam. So the, oh, yeah, you're I'm right. Theme from Fall House. Different key. Uh, if Emma was here, that's she'd be able to sing it word Ooh, for word. true. So, okay. So now they have a trial. Wallace, he's arrested two weeks later. After the fact, after the murder, he's arrested two weeks. They got themselves a trial. The police say that, as Carrie suspected a minute ago, they say he was wearing the Macintosh and nothing but the Macintosh. Uh-oh. They didn't say any pajamas. That was Aaron. They said naked. In fact, at some point in the trial, they asked him, so when you and your wife um, played your duets on the piano and violin, did you, were you naked only in the Macintosh? Apropos of nothing. They're just trying to rattle him. And he stayed very calm throughout the trial, answering his questions. But the problem was, he he probably came off as a you know intellectual, pointy-headed, egghead type to this blue-collar <laughs> Liverpool jury. And and from all accounts, the, the, he was he, he was not popular. He was not uh, well liked. So anyway, the they say that he, he he came down. He he killed her in just the Macintosh. And he uh, tried to burn the Macintosh because remember it was partially burned. Yeah. Right. But panicked and just stuffed it under her head because it, it wouldn't burn. It was a raincoat. Duh. And so I don't know if that wouldn't make it not burn or burn. I'm not positive there. I think well, they still burn. Okay. Unless it, it could have been like rubber. Yeah. So it was. I'm not sure. Soaked in blood. Taken a hot yeah. second. Although. Yeah. And he didn't have time because remember he's that's true. Got to hurry. He had to, to take his, his one kidney to the train. <laughs> <laughs> tram. Tram. So. 
and, and they change the time of death. The police insist the time of death was 630 because that they make that fit the witness statements by fudging the witness statements as, we, as the witness statements as we talked about it a minute ago. And so like then it. they say that, yeah, he butchered her, cleaned up, got rid of, of the evidence and the, the murder weapon and got his one kidney ass to the tram at 706. That's so this is this is literally just a theory of the crime with zero with, yeah, evidence. At best, some circumstantial evidence. And I know circumstantial evidence is actually good evidence, but this is... Yeah. What's the it, circumstantial evidence? That he, could could have done it that he could have done it yeah. Barely could have that, done that, it time-wise. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess it's not even that. But again, but, so could the paper boy and the milk man and... Yeah. And the evening TV. <laughs> Lay off the milk boy, Carrie. Okay. And the paper no, man. And I the paper won't. boy. I don't, know if he, I don't know how old he was. I think he was a, a teenager also. But the, the milk boy was 16. He was innocent. He had cold, Carrie. He had a bad cold. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's just trying... To trying get to earn pocket a living. change. This is 1931, Terry. Things are tough. He just wants to get Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah. Okay. In, but the early Wait, yeah. Was Made from say. wood, I think. Maybe. Sure. Wood and lead paint. <laughs> they had metal working. <laughs> did he lick the lead paint? Maybe. Maybe he did, sure. Did sure. he get asbestos? It was delicious. Was made, there mercury? They Probably. Made, they made asbestos cherry flavored at the time. So That's true. How can you blame him? He's Wallace, though, again, comes off as his pointy-headed intellectual. They don't like him. That j- jury in one hour finds him guilty. What of the course. fuck? And comes back and says, Who needs evidence? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when we don't like somebody. And, oh, also, by the way, his, his gla- he had these round rim glasses, and they're said to look a lot like the glasses of Dr. Uh, Holly Crippen. Who the time was the most famous murder in England. Oh, my God. He murdered his uh, wife in 19, I want to say 1910 or something like that. And it was a, he was the one who, I don't know if you remember this, his girlfriend posed as his son and they tried to flee on a boat to America. But Scotland Yard yeah. got wind of that and they got on a faster boat and <laughs> beat him to New York and were waiting for him on the dock. That's how you do uh, a Scotland Yard there. And arrested. It was the most. And it was the most famous murder case in the in in England at the time. So the fact that he looked a little bit <laughs> yeah. like that. Every case you talk about is the most famous Honestly, murder though, case in England. Let's, let's the- talk about absolutes and how much you use them too often. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Are we gonna? I want to avoid that. We're gonna do a whole podcast, a weird bit, just on that. How many times he says this is the most, or this is the blank, 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 bitch. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, the judge, uh, what does he do? He says, uh, before I pass judgment, do you have anything to say? All William Wallace says is, I'm not guilty. I cannot say anything else. He talked kind of stilted, didn't he? Um, what? I'm saying, I'm not guilty, bitch. Yeah. I didn't say that. Flip off the yeah. whole courtroom. Two fingers, everything. They have to like pixelate oh, yeah, it on right. the newsreel. Newsreel? I don't Back know. Back then? We're, we're messing around with time. Back then, yeah. they just smudged on like the little film thing, the <laughs> negative. <laughs> Probably. The judge puts on his black cap. You know what that means. No. You don't know what it, when an English judge literally, literally put on a black cap. Oh. That, when, the, when the person in the uh, box saw that, they go, okay, I'm done. I'm home. The witness that box. That meant you're going to be, it's, capital, it's a the defense box. So, I don't fucking box. know. They had a stand. In <laughs> England, they make you stand boxes. the whole damn time. You're, you're literally in a box and you, make you, you have to stand. At least you get back in the days. best to sit down. <laughs> Honestly, though. <laughs> they probably like to sit these days. I'm sure they do. This is I a long know. time ago. But isn't it called a witness stand? This is a long time ago and based on they TV. They took it very so literally. It may not be true. Yeah, maybe they took it it's literally. It's not a witness sit, sir. Get up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he puts on the black cap and he says, you're going to die. Death by hanging. They schedule it for May 1931, one month later. 
What the fuck? Justice. Yeah, that's back, back in then kind of justice. So uh, oh William Wallace's lawyers appeal, though. The appeals court was only 20, 25 years old at this time, though. It's still a, fair, a somewhat new concept, but also it was very constrained in what it could do. It could just, it, you couldn't have any new evidence. Just, really? It was nothing like that at all. What's just, the point? Well, just like, like did they... I don't think you can now. Uh, you, really? Well, you can. You can. If you, to get a retrial, you can, yeah. Yeah. Like in the, the Wisconsin... The, uh, Stephen Avery, Stephen Avery, yeah. yeah, Brendan Dassey, Brendan Dassey, they brought. Oh, Mama knows. So you couldn't no, do that didn't. then. This is the this is the um, you're killing <laughs> me. This is the uh, early days of the appeals court, in, at least in England. And so, so the judge, though the judge looks at it, the appeals judge, or I don't know if there's multiple judges or not. Like, like it a, should like be a, shit. There might. I don't. I don't know if there's one or, or multiple judges, but they they or he says that you know what, you're right. For the first time in those 25 years of appeals, they they quashed a murder conviction. Hey, oh, wow. Happened. They said, and it wasn't on Quash. any kind of technicality. It was just flat out, the jury was stupid. They were wrong. Oh, God. There was no, there was nowhere near enough evidence. Can we do that here? I know. Can we, fucking George Zimmerman. Goddamn Casey Anthony. <laughs> OJ, OJ, let's Simpson. keep it going. God no. fucking damn it. What they, they, those they, people who were really guilty who got Oh, that's true. Acquitted. But yeah. st- the concept still stands. Dumb jury. Yeah. Dumb the jury. Retrial. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. Shit. The, but so the, the, the judge or judges, they said, no. The the, the, um, the evidence was clearly nowhere near enough. The timeline was ludicrous. I agree. Uh, there's no there's no strong evidence. You're a free man. He walked out of the court. Of, uh, he walked out there, a free man. Flipping but people off. flipping people off, both yeah. hands, both hands, <laughs> uh, pixelated on the news. Yelling, reels. suck my dick. Did he say that? Yeah. Yeah, they had to believe that. You can have my last kidney, motherfucker. They had to scratch that out on the wax recording. <laughs> the wax etching. Yeah. They had to unetch it. They smoothed it. They just, they just melted it. He lived under a shadow, though. He got hate mail. I would imagine. He was hate mail. Oh, terrible. I mean, Back then, real mail. Brutal mail. He actually sued a few. He actually made a living by uh, doing libels. He got like 300 pounds here and 100 pounds there by suing for slander and libel and winning some cases. How ah. lucrative is that? You still got to pay great. legal fees. I, he, he made some money. I um, guess. But, the, I mean, the press called him this chess-playing master, murder mastermind, this genius, and that he had meticulously planned it with his chess skills what? to uh, figure out. Yeah, they, they made up a big deal about his chess Queen plane. Doobie, <laughs> which is her brain. That's good. Over hey. and over again. <laughs> I mean, Eleven times. strategy and tactics. They're good at it. Tech, tick, tick. Because that's a word. So, <laughs> bitch, and strategy is too. You <laughs> couldn't tell that I was. He, um, good lord. He gets well, desperate. George Bush. So. Oh my god, you're killing me. It's actually Will Ferrell, but you're right. Oh, I thought George Bush said it. Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell playing George Bush. It was real. I mean, well, okay, let's we're be talking real. about no, George Bush. It had, it had the the tone of reality. Yeah, yeah. that's why it was so funny. It was like, yeah, we can see him saying Yeah, it. we're absolutely good. He probably did after that. Yeah, he probably. Did. And then talked more about OBGYN. God damn it. Well, honestly, lightweight. So do you? I say nuclear. He said nuclear. Nuclear. I said milk. Nuclear is an accepted. <laughs> Lo- lots no, of people it say it. It actually is. Well, it shouldn't be. Hey, just Maybe. like people say fucking jewelry. Yeah. And fe- February and library. Library. They Ours. It's I a lot of ours. Jewelry, yes. yeah, I say jewelry, yes. I say jewelry. Two or three syllables. I say jewelry. I say jewelry. Um, DJ Khaled. The press said that he. Mm-hmm. The press said that he was an occultist and tried to tie him to Alistair Crowley, an infamous Satanist. What the fuck? Um, they said Timothy McVeigh. They said he was a, a philanderer cheating on his wife. In fact, they accused him of cheating on his on his wife with his wife's sister. 
Could be attracted as one kidney have an ass. <laughs> that, that's very true. None of these were true. Some people were a little nicer and they said that, he, uh, oh, Julia maybe was terminally ill and it was like a murder of mercy kind of thing. Okay, you mercifully so you, murder someone yes. by giving them like too much medication. <laughs> yeah. yeah. over soon, honey. And then Seven. Hold on. Eight. Almost there. No. Yeah, that's not Yeah, that's not a no from me. Unfortunately, though, his freedom was short-lived. He did. He got sick Christmas yeah. 1932. His, his last kidney started to fail. He was dead <laughs> by February of 1933. Aww. So he didn't live long. What if he did it, though? You can't ah uh, yet. Uh, well, let's talk, let's talk about who else might have done it. Because there is a, cla- a, a, a strong candidate. You mean this is the milk boy? No, God not the damn. Milk boy, Carrie. <laughs> His friend, Beatty. No. Nope, not Beatty. He was Beatty. at the chat. Not Beatty. Okay. Uh, some, uh, a researcher named Jonathan Goodman in 1960 started looking into it. And into the case. He found a person named Richard Gordon Perry. Oh, Perry. The three names. What did people so green? Well, they say that. They yeah. don't really use the three names. Yeah. When you hear that in the, in the police thing. No, I know. They wanna, so they don't yeah. confuse it with the normal person. Exactly. Yeah, we all know that. Exactly. So let's call him Dick Perry. To a- they probably did. This is England. They call, they, yeah, he was Dick. Dick Perry. And he was a dick from all reports. Oh, uh, shit. He was Burn. this punky little 22-year-old rich kid who was working with also as a collection agent at Prudential with William Wallace in the same office, right? He covered, remember Wallace was sick a lot and would have to go in the hospital or take time off. So uh, this guy, Perry, would cover his route for him, you know, and collect, and collect for him. Okay, when they go on strangers on train. Wallace noticed that the numbers weren't quite adding up. Perry would oh. He was pocketing some of the cash. I the see. Quiche. This is what I hate about rich people. You already got money, but you're still that greedy. Well, you know, Fuck out of here. I don't know if he's super from, from a rich family, but his, his dad, and you'll see why in a second, his dad did have some money. Doesn't matter. So Rich people suck. We don't know exactly. Did he, did he tell the bosses? We, no one knows for sure. In fact, most people think he did not. But about a year after... Um, uh, Perry, uh, I'm sorry, Wallace found him cooking the books. Perry moved on under kind of a cloud and left Prudential Assurance. And uh, apparently he was pushed out. In fact, Wallace would, would later say that he found out Perry's father had made up the difference to uh. cover up for his son, or at least allow his son to quit, quote unquote, and not be fired and be, you know, ruined. I mean, yeah. his reputation can be done. He, hmm. this is, again, this is a time when you needed a job. So they think so Perry. They think he was pissed because Wallace either narked on him or somehow got him out of that job. Pretty thin. It is pretty thin. Yeah. But also, uh, remember, Perry was friends with Wallace and went to their house a lot. So he knew and was friends with Julia Wallace. We'll see why that's so. Why would he kill her? Um, well, you'll see. So Goodman wrote this Wallace. book. Goodman, Goodman wrote a book, but he never named him. He called him Mister X. He didn't want to get sued, apparently. So in 1980, <laughs> this other guy—oh, I didn't write his name down. I can't remember his name—but he was doing. He was a radio news editor, and he was going to do a radio show on the Wallace murder in 1980. He started digging into it. He found out who Perry was. This Mister X, because Goodman had published a book in the late 60s, and so he was reading that book, and so he wanted to track down. Okay, who was this Mister X that apparently had? The, the motive potentially and potentially even the means to kill uh, Julia Wallace. He found him. He found Richard Perry. And he also, okay, so he started looking into, uh, was he suspected at the time? He found that at the time the police had, had talked to him and he had this ironclad alibi. That ironclad alibi was his girlfriend who said he was with me the whole night. How ironclad is that? Why, 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 not, why, 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 Are you fucking out, serious? It couldn't be less Iron yeah, because they broke up a short time later, and oh. according to what he found out, 
I can't remember the guy's name, in 1980, the radio guy, is that the girlfriend went to Wallace's solicitor and said, he wasn't with me. Mm-hmm. I lied. And I will I will give you an affidavit if you want. Somehow that never made it to court. That made, never made it to the trial. What the police, I, it seems like the police quashed it. The police somehow suppressed that. Because she, if that's true, she went to his solicitor. Uh, why the solicitor didn't? Maybe the solicitor there is not the person who argues in court, but still, that is that is Wallace's lawyer. Yeah, and it wasn't brought up in, in the trial. Again, the fact that he doesn't have an alibi doesn't I doesn't mean, mean he didn't. It doesn't mean he did it, but at least it breaks the alibi. Yeah, and that should at least be brought up in court that there's another suspect. And, no, and, and, and that more. wouldn't be brought up in court. There's more. Okay, yeah. Harry visited a garage that at one a.m. the night or now morning of the murder. Right. He he went to the uh, the garage and he told the and he knew the guy there. I, I can't. His name was Parks. John Parks. He said, "Hey, clean my car. In fact, go get the power hose and take the power hose to it. Don't ask any questions. Clean my car thoroughly." So Parks did. Parks a little afraid of uh, Perry. Perry's kind of thuggish. And again, they they had known each other since their teens or whatever. Because remember, Perry's only 20, 22 years old, and he was afraid of Perry, so he did what he was told. When he was cleaning the car, though, in the glove compartment, he happened to find. Perry's gloves. Perry's blood soaked. He glove. actually kept gloves in the glove compartment. Yes, I've literally never heard of that. <laughs> what the fuck, Perry? That's creepy. That's the creepiest part of the whole thing. Yes. He said, the mechanic said that he said, let me see if I can find it. Oh, he said like something. Well, he said he I'll said. have it later. He said he said it. I'll say he said it. But anyway, um, so this is now uh, 1981 when, when this radio guy's finding this, right? He's finding this out. So he goes, shit, I need to go talk to Richard Perry. The radio guy tracks down Richard Perry. Dead. Just yeah. a couple of months, a few months before. Oh, Unfortunately. So th- here's the problem, though. This testimony from this mechanic, uh, the blood in the glove, the, the washing the car, the being afraid. He also said, like, like, I knew something was up, but I was too afraid to say anything. That is not... He doesn't make that testimony until 50 years later Uh-oh. to that radio uh, news editor. <clears throat> he did, he never told the police this, apparently. Oh, so. He, uh, so it's, it's hugely suspect. Yeah. This 50-year-old. His name is John Parks. He said What he said is that he was afraid of Richard Perry. Richard, he knew Richard Perry just died. So it's like, now I'm able to oh, tell yeah. the story. I can tell the truth now because I don't have to be afraid of this guy anymore. Mm. Even though he was, you know, super old. How, what was he going to do at that point? So... I mean, maybe, you know, uh, he also, he added to this. He said, okay, here's a great quote. He said that Parks said when he found the bloody glove and showed it to Perry, Perry said, quote, if the police got that, they would hang me. Perry then told Parks about how he disposed of an iron bar down a drain on the side of the road on the it's way bad. there. It just seems, you know, really, he's going to tell you all these yeah. details yeah. like this. Very conveniently Maybe the connected. Wasn't, wasn't uh, well known because it's one o'clock in the morning, right? But the next day it was going to hit the papers and be yeah. a huge story. So that's just I don't know. That's really suspicious. Yeah. So Perry, but you know Perry was this douchey guy. He had a criminal record, but it's mostly petty theft and things like that. But if he had a motive, it was to get back at Wallace. Petey James, though, she actually thought she's the, the mystery writer. She thought that Wallace did it, and she uh, came out in 2013, not that long ago. She came claimed that. Um, the, her, her new take on it was that Wallace did it and that the Qualtro call was complete coincidence. Oh. And he was planning on killing her already. Wait. But then he used that call and said, oh, what? Oh. And, um, and I know, I know. It's, it's mm. ridiculous. Yeah. And, and that it was just coincidence. And he goes, I'll use that as cover, as an alibi 
to kill my wife that I've been planning on. And the call was just this wild, crazy coincidence. And okay, so how do you get her live at 640, 645? P.D. James said that, oh, easy. He put on a dress and posed as his wife to answer the milk boy. What? Bitch, no. The 6'2", skinny ass mustache. Yeah. Was to the 5'3", chunky, big hair wife. It's a no. Who they knew very well. What kind of fucking idiot? Yes, and then talks to someone that with what apparently a, a burka on yeah. because he has a mustache and and has and it's just the stupidest uh, thing it's embarrassing oh, Jesus Christ so, yeah weird. that we need to publicly shame that person mystery writers have to stop saying I've solved it yeah because what's and then saying too? stupid um, shit that other mystery writer did that about Jack the Ripper and she was completely wrong she that, did the whole Walter Sickert theory do you know what I'm talking about nope oh you bastard I don't know what you're talking about don't know any names so what I want to do before we end this is talk about oh there was one some people also said that the Johnstons may have done it the neighbors what what the foot they had a key they knew her so they can get in the house Um, it's just stupid in fact one report some researcher and I think the 60s a researcher looked into that and he went and he found Johnston and at an old folks home yeah. and, and so you know try to get the truth out of him allegedly and according to this reporter Johnson confessed that uh-huh. yeah I went over there I thought she was gone because I saw William leave I thought they left together I went over there to poke around I don't know what to try in her underwear and uh, and she caught me and I had to kill her that's what that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's what the reporter said Johnston said Six, in 1960 he was uh, 107 years old and yeah. he had dementia yeah, that's so, senile as hell. So there are some stupid theories, but, but here's the. And again, we talked about here's how I introduced this. This the malleable evidence is what makes this mystery so amazing. I guess everything could be could be both ways. The call from Coulter, right? That could have been Wallace. That's true. He could have been. He knew again. He knew he wasn't at the cafe yet. He knew he was due to be at the at the at the cafe shortly. He knew that they would take this message and who and 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 it would be talked about publicly at the cafe that night, the night before he's going to kill his wife. Perry, though, also, we know he had access to seeing the schedule. He could have known the same thing, right? So he could have made that call just as easily. In fact, in fact, in terms of voice recognition, he could have made that call much more easily than William Wallace. Uh, the Qualtrill call, and, and, and uh, oh, the uh, nothing being taken except the four pounds from yeah. the cash box. That's very suspicious about Wallace because it means robbery wasn't really the motive, right? Yeah. So that says, that says Wallace. Well... Maybe, but um, Perry also, at least Perry would have a motive that's not robbery as well. It's revenge, essentially. Also, it's possible that he was, you know, he was in the process of robbing her and that's true. he killed yeah. her and then just had to get the hell out of there and didn't finish the robbery. So again, that, that could go in either direction. The, uh, and same with the no money from her purse. Same thing. Yeah. That can mean, okay, it wasn't a robbery because Wallace wasn't really there to rob. He overlooked that. He should have gotten rid of the purse. But no, it could also mean that same same thing. Perry was, was spooked. He had to leave early. The door is locked and unstuck. Okay, that's fishy. You guys you guys thought so too, right? Yeah. He didn't break a key. The door in the back door was conveniently stuck until it was conveniently yeah. not stuck. And when he had witnesses. Yeah. That says Wallace. But that evidence too. Why? Yeah. According to his lawyer, his lawyer, according to the um, his lawyers. lawyer, I know. But Wallace's lawyer, and, and apparently Wallace said the same on on the witness stand that that door got stuck, you know, somewhat regularly. It okay. wasn't heard of. It was a I don't know, cold a cold night. So that could have been true. That could be true. So that's not conclusive yeah. evidence either. We'll give them that. The Mac did um, the Macintosh. Some people say that Julia put it over her shoulders and that answered the door when Perry. Knocked on the door to kill her or to ro- or to Wait. set up a pretext to rob her. That she, 
that, yeah. that she that, that, for warmth again people say well, yeah oh. and, and so when he killed her that's how the, the, the Macintosh just sort of slipped under her. But she was she, laying... As she slumped to the floor. Face down, right? She was laying face down. It was so under her head. The physics, I, I'm not... I know. It, it looks to me like it was placed under her head. Yeah, that's probably it. I agree. I agree. That's too conveniently placed under her head. But at the same... Okay, so William Wallace could have put on the Mac naked to kill her, right? To guard from the blood? Well, so could have Richard Perry. That's yeah. true. It was, it was right it was there Ryan hanging up next to the thing. So he distracts her. She goes upstairs, whatever, to get something. Oh, uh, you know, William told me to get something. Oh, it's upstairs. I'll be right back. And during that time, if Robert was his motive, he goes and gets the cash box and gets the four pounds. And then if Robert wasn't his motive, then he's putting on that Mac and, and he's waiting for her to turn around. When she turns around, he grabs the poker and starts to smashing. Or maybe he threw it on her face to... Surprise! Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not impossible. And start, but we'll start fucking whacking at her. You know, I'd be interested to know if the forensics, if any of the blows were through the Mac. I don't, for some reason, I don't think they were because no one's ever said that, but. Where was, where was most of the blows? All around the head? head, All around the head? On the back of the head or the front or everywhere? He, well, well, in terms of the sequence, there's there's little question that she turned the the murderer, whether it was Wallace or Perry or someone else, whacked her. She went to the ground, and then the rest of the blows, except for the first oh, maybe scary. one or two, were on the ground while she was prone on the ground. So, which brings us to the next one, which is the missing murder weapon. Okay, so that says, yeah. it, it turns out, by the way, the iron bar, remember, it was an iron bar and a metal poke were missing, right? The iron bar was actually found at the back of the fireplace years oh. later when the next person who lived there was doing some remodeling. They found the iron bar at the back, and, and like just tucked away in the back of the fireplace. So the police missed it. Hmm. The poker, though, was Why? never found. So it seems pretty clear the poker was probably probably the, the murder weapon, and that was taken away by the murderer. Hmm. So who did it? Murder, so, so who took it? So could Wallace have taken it away and, and disposed of it? Where possibly and on his way? You know, he's to on, the, on the way to the tram. Yeah, he's as he's rushing, as he's flow jumping to the tram, yeah. he ditches the poker somehow, and, and, and maybe he's never found again. The police searched high and low, and everybody was on the yeah. lookout for it because it, it was, um, you know, a big news story. But let's say it wasn't found. But the same thing, though. Richard Perry could have easily used the poke and got rid of it because he had a car, and he he, had, he has the whole city to have gotten rid of that thing. I'm sure there's rivers of plenty. So the poker isn't isn't conclusive, or the or the lack of a murder weapon on site isn't completely conclusive. If anything. I think that goes against Wallace being the murderer a little more than it does Perry anyway. The, the whole angst, the whole alibi, a lot of people think the alibi was fake, right? He's asking everyone. He's so anxious. He's confirming time with policemen and with uh, people at the post office. Well, okay, flip that around though. Is, is that someone who's desperately trying to find a client in the depression that yeah. could give yeah. him some money in his pocket? Absolutely. But maybe. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and it wasn't that long. He, his appointment was for seven thirty. He left about eight. So oh, that's true. You're searching. You're, ha- you're at that point. You're half hour late for your appointment. You'd still, if you thought there was still that street, you'd go. Yeah. You'd go to that appointment. So. Um, but I mean. And and in terms of the blows, some people say, "Oh, that's a crime of passion." It had to be Wallace. But you know, does it? Do all those things? I I kind of get tired of that when they say, "Oh, well, crime of passion means there's someone who is it yeah. was, there's emotion." Maybe, but. You know, you're, you're killing someone. You're amped up. Yeah, you adrenaline. Might, yeah, juice. Mm-hmm. you might you might take another eight or nine blows after you think she's dead in that situation too. Are you just going to be damn sure? But yeah, she's dead. And lastly, is in terms of, of motive. You know, who else would have a motive other than Wallace, the husband, Perry? You know, she had no enemies, things like that. Well, yeah. again, Perry. That's 
debatable. Motive. It's, it's a very debatable motive. That might be the weakest yeah. uh, part of the motive. Thing. It's really going to kill someone. Unless yeah. the motive was robbery and the murder was incidental. That's true. Then yeah, that's true. Possible. But or then also the number of blows. That is Unless he's just a sadistic, yeah, I was gonna say maybe crazy person who which is having fun. Is, all, is also true. But what if William hired a motherfucker... Yes. And then specifically went on that wild goose chase, well, sent himself on that wild okay. goose chase. What's your shot in the dark? That shit. What do you think happened? William hired a murderer, made it especially known that he was somewhere else, okay. most likely when the murder occurred, and then that's it. He just fa- found he strangers on a train, that bitch. That sounds pretty plausible to me. You like that? Yeah. Was mm-hmm. it Perry? I don't think so. I mean, Perry had the, the allegedly had the bloody glove, had the suspicious uh, yeah. behavior. Yeah. That's that's that very questionable. I think most likely it's somebody fishy. who nobody knows. He found just uh, like some random, maybe a, a so. But young that person thug, never told anyone. Yeah, that's ever. Yeah, this is because they didn't want to get this is the most famous murder case. Well, I know, but you brag. Yeah, that's hitman true. brag. You know, they brag. And he wasn't. He's a good hitman. He wasn't well off. Yeah. So he, uh, you know, he had no financial motive to do this. Maybe that's. Oh, that's. He'll, I'll give you my second kidney. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> he, uh, my I bad second kidney. Kidney transplants back then. Ah, um, he. Uh, uh, I mean, I. That's possible. It's I just, possible. I just, that's why all the money in the cash box was gone. Four pounds, according to him. Unless but, he's lying. Yeah, he'd be lying. He would be if he. You no, know, you know. I mean, I. Uh, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I do. Prudential Insurance would know. That's true. They would. But if they didn't know that Perry that was cooking out. the books, that would come. But out. they did. No, and that was a while before. That had, remember that had been done. He'd, he'd been That's gone true. for a while. So if there was I more than four pounds, I think. So I don't think there was, and I don't know where he's he's come up with the money to hire a hitman, even a cheap hitman. Possibly, I don't know. Here's how about you? What the fuck? Shot I'm okay with it being Perry. You like Perry? Yeah. Because he's a douche. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He wears fucking driving gloves. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they all had to back then. Yeah. They didn't really have power steering. Or tops to, to cars. I mean, they did, but a lot of them... Tops to cars? Old cars. They, 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 they had they roofs. Have, they not, a lot not of them all. didn't have roofs. I think, have you seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Chitty Bang Bang, for instance, <laughs> as an example. So, I don't know. I'll say this. Wallace, the, model T the timeline makes it impossible for Wallace to yeah, have done I don't it. think Wallace did it. Even though himself. he makes by far the most sense to have done it himself, he, you know what I mean. He, it, yeah, I mean, the, the things when you take when you look at him is is the call, the suspicious call, the the really apparent carefully setting up yeah. the alibi, his actions when he got home, drawing attention to himself, so the supposedly stuck door. The, to me, that 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 what he did, the back door is maybe the most suspicious thing he did, where yeah. it's stuck and then not Agreed. stuck. That's that that's, that's weird. It's too convenient. It Our is. back door sticks. Bitch, what? Yeah, but you're. We your have a sliding back door. No, no. your oh. wife's not answering. You put a shoulder to that thing. Yeah. Before you go back to the front door and try again. I don't know. But okay. it doesn't stick that bad. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, we could open it if it were unlocked. Remember uh, that one time you you the parents were gone? The parents were gone. I remember and you guys said, oh, we left the back door open. It's unlocked. You can go in. And then uh, it wasn't. <laughs> we got dropped off from school and it was locked and we called you guys and said it gets stuck just put your shoulder in it and we said we can see the fucking fire metal yeah. <laughs> it's locked try harder get an axe yeah we were locked in the house 
That's so it was it, the second time. Yeah, it wasn't the first house. time. Yeah. First time I was a wee babe. And then one time I was left at preschool for hours. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, these kids are whiny. Yeah. It's gonna happen. Let's and they put me to work. Who left who at preschool? Do, do you remember all the elaborate Easter baskets I made yeah. for you? <laughs> the, the beautifully wrapped uh, oh presents from Santa. Presents don't matter. Can we finish this? Um, wait, are you trying to tell yeah, me let's Santa finish is finish real? This. Yeah, wait. What are you talking so, about? Uh, so anyway, I mean, at the end of the day, I would say this. You know who murdered Julia Wallace? R.M. Qualtrough. You know why? God. Because whoever that was, whether that was William Wallace or someone else, that person murdered. Because that person I set agree. up this fake address. So if that was Wallace, he killed her. If that was someone else, they killed her. That's, That's creepy. I mean, at the end of the day, it seems like Wallace cannot possibly have killed her himself because of the time but he can't not have killed her because there's no other what? logical answer and and the other the, the other actions make perfect yeah. sense that he killed her so I, at the end of the day I, I think he killed her i just don't know how i really think he hired someone yeah, I don't accomplice. Know. if he had an accomplice you can make it make them somehow do it for free yeah. Yeah. Sure. Blackmail. Maybe, maybe that okay. that yeah. would make Perry more likely to do it for free. I don't know. He's not in the, and that comp- a blackmail. That comp- never talks. Is never seen. That's There's true. no witnesses that saw anybody else in in going to her home during that entire time he was gone. Maybe, well, maybe he promised him money and he stiffed him. And then what are they going to do? Go to the police? That kill him. That's what they do. That's the normal way. That's die. the normal thing you do. Yeah, but he, he of natural he causes. Was, yeah. He would have yeah, been dead. Yeah. It doesn't mean he hired. You know. Uh, mob hitman. No, he, he hired a person. Hired he hired a person to kill his wife, but not him. Come on, <laughs> I yeah, I do. He, I don't. I honestly don't think it was any kind of a hitman. I uh, think. I think somehow he did he it. I just did don't. Die. I can't tell you how. Maybe, Maybe he didn't really get sick. Maybe, Maybe that's what that libel money was for. <laughs> oh, wasn't that much? Uh, well, okay, well that's it for the murder of Julia Wallace, possibly by William Wallace's husband. Again. The most amazing murder ever of all time in the history of murder. That's why it took. No, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the most. It's the it's the most puzzling murder, I guess. It's just it has Still, so much evidence. I disagree. That, that can point in in every in, in any direction. You really oversold this. I know. <laughs> I We've already done the locked room <laughs> mystery. Yeah, this is weirder though because you know what this uh, this has. Are you this has more? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I have to do weird voices because I disagree so much. Okay. So, a flabbergasted. Oh, you big baby. God. Right. Well, that's okay. it for the Wallace murder. I hope Goodbye. you enjoyed it. The bastards apparently didn't. So see no, you. we liked it, but you <laughs> overstelled a shit out no, of it. No, I did not. There wasn't okay. even a little bit of magic. Give us money. I know. Where's the ghosts? There was. Aren't you going to tell me to show? Where's the radioactive Yeti? There was Give barely us a money. mention of the occult. <laughs> okay, goodbye, everybody. See Thanks ya. for listening. Bye. Money.